0: A Fifth Visitor, or How Scrooge Kept Christmas, Chapter 6 Wow, she's quite charming, isn't she, mate? Carl was a little preoccupied, but he could see that Warren was trying his best to snap him out of it. Rather than meeting up with the ducks again, he'd decided to take Warren up on his offer of after-work drinks. He'd only just started talking to him a couple of weeks ago, around the time the redundancies had been announced but they clicked almost immediately. Nothing like bad news to bring people together. Warren had been with Locomart for a while, and there were always dodgy rumours floating around about his shady past, but Carl liked to think that he was the kind of person not to make brash judgments against people based on other people's judgments of people. Charming, he said. What are you, 200 years old? Hey, what can I say? I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. Maybe I should take my mistletoe over there and see where it goes from there. You and your mistletoe are going to get us kicks out of here if you're not careful, Carl said. I'm sorry, mate, but this thing has a life of its own. Whoa! It's moving again. I think it's picking up a scent. He moved the mistletoe as if it was actually trying to drag him over to the women at the bar, and Carl let out a sniff of a laugh, despite his best efforts to be miserable. Do you want to go over there and try our luck? With this missile so, the odds are stacked heavily in our favour. It seemed that Warren was trying to be deliberately enthusiastic to try and rescue him from the doldrums, but he was wasting his time. Not that I wouldn't be honoured to be your wingman, mate, but I'm kind of married with a kid. I should be getting back to them, actually. Oh yeah, Warren said. I forgot about that. Actually, I'm not sure if I, I knew that about you. It's a smallest shop, isn't it? But it's usually so busy, no one ever gets a chance to talk. I mean, even in the canteen, no one talks to each other. They just stare at the phones like zombies or sheep or zombie sheep. Yeah, I suppose they do, Carl said nonchalantly. So, how long have you been married? Warren asked, as he knocked back his pint. Um, it'll be eight years in April. wow. You don't look that old, mate, Warren said, trying but failing to look genuinely shocked. It must be a struggle. I mean, raising a family on our wages. Does your wife work? This was starting to feel like an interview. Um, yeah, well, sometimes. She's with a temp agency, but we can't always arrange childminder in time, so she has to turn out of work down. That's rough, Warren said, staring off into the distance or at the ever-increasing amount of women at the bar. He couldn't decide which. It's hard to do what you want in life, isn't it? Whoa, you're getting a bit deep there, mate. We've only had one drink, Carl said, trying to lighten the mood. I'm sorry, but it is, isn't it? There's always someone telling you that you can't do this and you can't do that. Stay away from there. I mean, it's hard enough to start with, but when you've made the bad decisions I've made... He looked straight at Carl now. I know you've probably heard stories about me. Well, they're probably all true. The thing is, though, once you've made those choices, they stick with you, no matter how hard you try to shake them. It's like you're a dog, and someone's constantly standing on your tail, stopping you from moving forward. Carl felt bad for the guy. Here he was, spilling his heart and soul, and even going to the effort of coming up with colorful metaphors, and all he could think about was how he was going to tell Kate and Sarah about his impending redundancy. You seem like an intelligent guy, Warren carried on. Don't you want to do something other than work in a shop for the rest of your life? Carl let out another sniff of a laugh. What? Oh, nothing, Carl said. It's just that I've not really thought about that for a long time. It was true, he hadn't. He had had dreams of doing something great with his life. But as the years flew by, that's all that they remained. Just dreams. Yeah, he said. I used to draw. Cartoons, mostly. I thought about branching out and doing more realistic stuff, like figurative drawing, maybe getting into graphic novels or something. Before I got married, we had Sarah. I, I used to use every day off and most evenings to draw my silly little pictures. It's kind of like being a superhero, if that doesn't sound daft. You know, Miles managed shop assistant by day, cartoonist by night. Somehow, though, nothing came of it. He took a large swig of beer and noticed that it was getting warm. It felt good to talk. He'd not told anyone about that stuff for ages, and Warren seemed enthralled with his every word, so he carried on. I sent stuff off, and I got some nice rejection letters back. They liked my work, but not quite what they were looking for. Gradually, my will broke down, and here I am, talking to you about it. Well, Warren said, it's good to talk about stuff, even if it is painful, especially at this time of year. Yeah, I guess so. I suppose you heard how I got the job, didn't you? Actually, no, Carl said. People don't talk about you all the time, you know. Well, that's something, I suppose. He stopped and looked at Carl, as if he wanted to tell him, but something was stopping him. Carl couldn't resist. How did you get the job, then? I thought you'd never ask. My uncle knows the manager. Back in the day, when I made those bad choices, I couldn't get work anywhere. No one would take me on. And now, now it's going to be the same story all over again. No one's going to take me on. Despite still feeling sorry for himself, Carl was warming to his new drinking partner. Oh, come on, mate. I'm sure that's not true. I mean, it's difficult for everyone at the moment, but something will turn up. Nah. I'll be okay if they let me shine shoes on the street with my record. This was the one thing I had going for me. Well, Carl said, downing the last of his warm beer. Speaking of shoes, we're all in the same ones at the moment, aren't we? Just then, Warren lifted his head up high so Carl could see right up his nostrils, as if he was about to divulge a great secret. What if I was to tell you that there's a way out of our current financial woes, my friend? Carl didn't like the way he said, my friend. It just sounded so fake compared to the heart-on-sleeve stuff he'd been coming out with moments before. Even so, he indulged him. What do you mean? Just what I said. A way out. The intense way in which Warren was staring at him made Carl feel on edge. Warren seemed to pick up on that as he lowered his head into a more relaxed, nostril-view-free position. Is it illegal? No, no, no. Funny how I knew you were going to say that, isn't it? Warren laughed. We must have a real mental connection. Yeah, I'm sure there's something mental going on. Carl said under his breath. What was that? Nothing. Nothing. So what do you reckon? Warren didn't seem to be picking up on his reluctant vibes, so he spelled it out. Nah, you're all right, mate. This was good. but I'd best be getting back to Kate and... Your daughter? Yeah, my daughter. Warren was really starting to annoy him now, finishing his sentences for him. Have you told them yet? About, you know... Carl turned away. I didn't think so, Warren said, a little too smugly. What if I told you that there was another job on the horizon? One that paid quite a lot better than our current, soon-to-be-expired positions? and I'd ask again, is this illegal? Carl whispered, remembering where they were. Warren looked hurt, but he couldn't tell whether he was winding him up. Warren's expression suddenly changed as he looked at his watch. Oh, is that the time already? I should be going. So I take it as a definite yes, then Carl said dryly. If you think you already know the answer, then why are you still asking the question? "'What?' Carl sputtered. "'What's that supposed to mean? "'Are you trying to draw me in with your enigmaticness?' "'I don't know,' Warren said, looking a bit bored of the conversation. "'Look, if you're interested, I'll be here again tomorrow night, same time.' "'If you're not, then, well, it's your loss, mate.' "'And with that, he downed the last of his pint and left.' Carl still had some of his drink left, and he could have just left it and got the next train home, but he was surprised to find that after five minutes he was still there sipping his warm beer and thinking about what Warren had said, or rather not said, about a way out. He cursed himself when he realised that a further five minutes later he was still sat there, thinking that maybe he should give Warren the benefit of the doubt and come back tomorrow night. Cheer up! It might never happen. He looked up to see who had snapped him out of his deep thoughts with such a blatant platitude. He was all ready to have a go at her, to tell her that it had already happened, or at least that the thing that was happening, which she knew nothing about, would be happening in a few months time. and There was nothing anyone could do about it. Then he looked up and saw that it was the girl from the bar the one that Warren had called charming. Up close, he could see where Warren was coming from. He suddenly realised that his mouth was open, but no words were coming out. Are you okay? The girl asked. Carl tried to pull himself together. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Sorry. What are you apologising for? The girl said. I'm the one who's encroaching on your space. Yeah, I suppose so, Carl said. The girl suddenly changed tack and put her hands on her hips. Oh, so I'm encroaching, am I? I'm sorry. I leave you alone with your oh-so-important thoughts. No, 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 Carl said quickly. I I didn't mean to. It's okay, I'm just messing with you. It's one of my least annoying character flaws, unfortunately. Carl laughed. "It's, uh, It's okay, it's not that annoying. "'I'll go anyway. I should be getting back to my mates.' The girl turned to go, and then something stopped her, and she turned back to Carl, as if she'd forgotten something. She said softly, "'Are you going to be okay? You seem troubled. "'No one should be troubled this time of year.' Carl's immediate reaction was to say something cynical. It was the way he was feeling. He couldn't help it. But he stopped himself. There was something about this girl. She was so open and forthright. He felt like he could be the same and tell her what was on his mind. That thing that might never happen. It already has, or at least it's going to in a few months. Now I'm the one trying to be enigmatic, he thought. Is there anything you can do to stop this thing, whatever it is, from happening? The girl said, moving forward. I'm being made redundant. Oh, I'm sorry, I I didn't. It's okay, Carl said, looking up at her. The thing is, a possible opportunity has come up. Maybe it's a way out of having to worry about the whole redundancy thing. I'm not sure what to do. The girl seemed to be considering his words deeply. Very sweet of her, considering it wasn't her problem. Well, in my experience, when someone asks someone else what they think they should do, 99% of the time, they've already made up their mind. She said this slowly, thoughtfully. They're only asking someone else because they want them to tell them that they're right. What's your first instinct? Carl fell silent and thought hard about what he was going to say next. He didn't really want to tell her that he was thinking of doing something that was more likely than not to be illegal. Then again, she didn't know it might be illegal, any more than he knew it probably was. I suppose my first instinct was, I mean, what I was thinking before you so rudely interrupted me, he said with a wry smile, was, yes, I was going to do it. Then you should, she said firmly. Things happen for a reason, and maybe this opportunity has come along as a way of the universe balancing things out for you. Yeah, the universe has been giving me a bit of a raw deal lately, so maybe it's been feeling guilty. Seriously, I mean, I was late getting here to meet my girlfriends, and who knows, maybe I was supposed to be late so we could have this conversation, and I could convince you to do whatever it is you're going to do. She stopped and looked at him as if she was about to tell him something really important. But then one of her friends from the bar shouted over, Hey, Gracie, you getting around in tonight or what? She suddenly looked slightly guilty and shouted back, Okay, okay, I'm coming. Then she turned back to Carl. I'd better get back before they lynch me, she said. It was nice meeting you anyway. I hope things work out for you. And you have a, as good a Christmas as possible. Thanks, Carl said. You too.